This is the Living in Clarity podcast. My name is Brandon Fisher. This is Coach Radner. And today we are back with part three of our 12 strategies to cure low self-esteem. This has been a journey that I hope you've been getting a lot out of. I've been learning so much from this episode, just from talking through these ideas and understanding how important and how common and prevalent low self-esteem really is. So let's recap to get them up to speed. Number one, strategy to cure low self-esteem was understand the source, what's causing it, what are the roots. Number two was be happy with natural innate self-satisfaction without the need for external validation. Number three, control your exposure. The influences of what we consume impacts us mentally, spiritually, socially. Yeah, if it makes you feel bad, don't do it. Yeah. Number four, define your values. You've got to know what matters to you. Number five, make a list of your attributes. Number six, practice rejection therapy. Do things that, or put yourself in situations where you might get rejected and grow from those experiences. Number seven was get outside of your own comfort zone and do activities physically that push you beyond your comfort zone and expand what you're capable of. Number eight, set new goals for yourself. Smart goals um, will transform the way you achieve and live your life and perceive what's possible for you to actually succeed at which is critical for building self-esteem. Which is going to segue that last goal, number eight, which set a new goal for yourself and make it smart, which means it has to be specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. We're going to segue that into number nine. Let me just give you the full rundown of the ones we hope to get to today. We're going to do at least two, if not four today. Number nine is going to be make your goals and life in general fun because when things become not fun, you don't want to do them. Mm -hmm. uh, number 10 Sync with others. I've talked about syncing and touching and mimicking, and that does build your self-esteem. But we'll get into examples with that. Number eleven, exercise, one of the most important things that I talk about all the time. And number twelve is going to be pray. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, very simple. Yeah. So make your goals in life in general fun. So why is this? Because you think about some of the greats in the world, Mozart. No one forced him to study chemistry. Steve Jobs probably didn't like, wasn't passionate about grammar. Like, I'm, I'm just saying, you have to find what you th think is fun for you and do it. This is why my kids, when they were young, went to Montessori schools. What are Montessori schools? Montessori schools let kids discover themselves what triggers them, what makes them happy, and it gears all their learning towards that mm -hmm. one thing. Now, if you don't make your goals fun, you're less likely going to do it. You know, I have a new concept I talk about in my dating and my marriage class that you have to look at love as like a game. Now, if you have a game like to play, like my kids like to play, you know, we like to play Risk and they like Scrabble and they play all these different kind of games like Seven, whatever, Seven Wonders, whatever. They, they, um, they enjoy playing the game, so they always play it. If you make love into a game mm -hmm. that's fun, you're going to want to play it. You're going to make love part of your relationship with your spouse or your kids or whatever you're having your life. So make whatever you're doing fun. It's like cooking. You can look at cooking as an obligation right. or an opportunity. I try to make it fun. I turn on music. I dance. You know, I do funny things I'm not going to talk about on, the, on, the, on here. But um, I do things when I'm taking the elevator up. Something mundane as an elevator. I count down. I try to um, I try to guess, like, without looking. I close my eyes and say, how long does it take until the door opens? It sounds like your life is a game. I make everything into a game. Oh, I make everything into a game. Because I want life should, life should be fun. Um when I first, when I, I wasn't raised in a, uh, as you would say, an observantly religious Jewish home, but as I started learning Torah into my life, 
I made it fun for myself. So what I did is I, I uh, it was a really funny story. I was at a, at a synagogue and they had a, an auction for certain um, honors that you get, like opening the Torah ark, whatever. And instead of most, most synagogues and shuls and temples do it for money, so they raise money. Mm-hmm. Ours did it for times of learning Torah. You had to you oh, had to cool. commit yourself a few minutes a day from it was October until like Hanukkah, which is December, every day of learning Torah. And I had never learned Torah in my life before, so like I won something that I literally was like four minutes a day of learning Torah. Wow, which is like four minutes a day—that's like nothing, right? But guess what? To do something every day becomes um, part of you, even if something is a, as long as a few minutes. So I had to incentivize myself in order to do it. I made myself ice cream. For the four minutes? Yeah. When I had four minutes, I had a bowl of ice cream there. I said, I'm learning for four minutes. And I had a bowl of ice cream. So I incentivized myself. Of course, after like a week, I'm learning for like 40 minutes. Like I wasn't doing four, because like she said four minutes and it was obviously brilliant stuff. And I started learning it and that's how what got me started learning talk. It's hard to get into a concept in only four minutes. You just get into it. And like, right, oh, right, right. So, so, so but, but that's what, that's what, <laughs> that's what really got me. And you can't be afraid of failing. You set a goal for yourself. We talked about in the last podcast about me running a marathon. You cannot be afraid of failing. Because mm-hmm. if you're afraid of failing, you're, not, you're never going to start. Well, really, that would be the only failure. Not, well, starting. not starting. Right. You're already, you're already starting off failing. If you're going to fail, at least try a bit. You know? Yeah. The only failure is not trying. I would say that there's two kinds of regret in the world. There's regret of things that you tried and failed at. Or didn't do very well. And there's regret, which is worse, the regret of not trying something at all. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. sticks with you. That burns your self-esteem. It does. So have fun with it. Enjoy yeah. it. And don't be afraid to be creative and come up with answers to problems where you thought there were no previous solutions. I'm always, like in our house, we're always thinking of like solutions to problems that exist. Yeah. And this is like, you know, this is how great creative people think i teach sure. my kids to be creative you know i'm, I'm always creative and, and your family is extremely creative yeah and I, I i said creativity is very very important and it gets you to use your mind and like you know there's i always say there's an answer to every there's there's every problem has a solution like my kids say you know oh that can't happen i go yes it can there's a solution you haven't thought of it yet mm-hmm. and i guess them to realize that anything's possible in life. i love that i'm gonna use that that's great for my yeah. kids. Yeah, there's a there's a solution to everything. You just don't know it. You just don't know it yet. Right. One of my one of my rabbis uh, who goes in, in in Rockville, Rabbi Stephen Bars, and he like has these great ideas. Now, of course, a lot of ideas are not very good. As, as people say, like you put them in a room for like twenty hours, he'll think of like you know thirty ideas. Twenty nine, twenty nine, twenty nine of them are not very good, but one's brilliant. Like where'd that come from? Because you gotta throw ideas. Like I know when I'm talking to my son, like. I'm thinking of ideas for a class. I just did a class recently called Body, Soul, or Pokeball. Now, you know, I'm thinking of ideas for the class. My son's, oh, it doesn't make good. Like, I'm working on it. It takes time. You have to throw a lot mm-hmm. of junk against the wall, trash against the wall, throw it against the wall, throw it against the wall, and then somewhere there, there's going to be this nugget of this gem, this gold gem or diamond of wisdom that comes out of something that you never thought about. And sometimes, actually, I heard this, like, most of the crazy breakthrough ideas Seemed like bad ideas. Why? Because everyone else tried all the good ideas. Right. The bad ideas, when you make them good, stand out. People haven't thought about those. That was an interesting uh, approach to entrepreneurship. Yeah. So make your goals fun. And if you make them fun, you're more likely going to do them. Enjoy life. Yeah. Make life fun. I yeah. mean, I mean, to be silly. Like I, we said last time, say hello to everyone on the street. <laughs> yeah. And have fun with it. Okay. Let's move on. Great. Okay.
Sync with others. So syncing is a powerful way to uplift your well-being. Syncing makes us feel good because we're coordinating with others. You feel like you're a part of a gang, a group, and you're each doing your job to selfishly for the good for everyone. For me, this uh, I used to be in chorus. Mm-hmm. I mean, no one in chorus is like unhappy. I don't know if that's, I mean, I'm not saying it's true, but like, <laughs> it just seems like that everyone that goes to a chorus when you're practicing and you get, you group to, you know, 20 people, 50 people, everyone's happy because you're united in a common goal. Mm. This is the same thing with maybe if you do um, uh, spinning or yoga class. I don't know if it's the same because you're not, you're all separate, but together. But if you're in dance class, for sure, dancing. I think excellent because you're a group. You have to, you have to perform yoga. Like you know, one guy can like do downward dog, and one, one you know, you know, old guy can barely like get on the floor. Like you know, that's not the same thing. But I think when you're, I, I, I just thought of this myself. When you're all in common for a goal for one cause, it makes you feel part of something, and some, and, 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 it, and it brings you above everything else. Flash yeah. mobs, yeah, flash mobs where they come out and they all dance together. That's a great thing to do. Mm-hmm. Anything when you're part of a group is very, very good for you. Like if you're in a, a you know biking group or running group, you have to run together. Yeah. You know, or relay races or obstacle course or anything. We have a group together. It makes you feel good. When I was in college, my first year, they had a special coat vending machine that you needed to have two in order to open it. You had to put the lids together and twist it together. You had to have a friend. I've never heard of this before oh, in my it was life. Brilliant. They had a nice video with good music and it's a Coca-Cola kind of thing, you know, and you had to like. Be together, you know, like yeah. share the love of a Coke. By the so way, singing the chorus, I, I wrote this down. The benefits have been proven to be as good as exercise. It calms the heart. It boosts endorphin levels. Group singing boosts the production of immunoglobulin, which makes your body fight infections. And mm. I think community theater also. My father used to be in the theater. I was in the, I was, I, I performed on stage. Wow. Play piano in bands. I, and tell you what, it feels good. Yeah. That's good when you're you are needed and you're in a band and you play an instrument, you have to play and you gotta play correctly. So you're mm-hmm. part of something and you're you're creating something that's over and beyond you and it makes you feel good as a person. Um there's a, I just heard recently that there's there's always I've always said there's three levels of any activity you're gonna do or anything you're any personal endeavor. Your personal, your physical, your mental, your spiritual, which means there's something bigger than you. And then recently I heard that there's the fourth, which is communal. And that level is what are you doing it all for? What are you? How is that contributing? And when you access that fourth level, which is like we're talking about right now, it opens such a more fulfilling um, channel inside of you because it's not all about you, but you know that you matter to society. That opens all kinds of value when you're facing self-esteem. There's a guy back in, in Maryland who works at the airport, and he is. They usually have elderly people. That, elderly, I should say, retired people. I shouldn't say elderly, and they're the uh, information center at the airport. Mm-hmm. And they wear these vests and they ask me a question and they sit there at the airport and it's volunteer and they answer people's questions at the airport. Nice. And to me, they'd be like, I, I, I would enjoy that. What kind of questions do you think they get? Where's United Gate to <laughs> just Albuquerque? That's what they <laughs> so, get. They do. And they look it up and they, and sure. they say, where it is? Where's yeah. the bathrooms? Where can I buy this? Where can I buy a charger? Where, you know, I lost my kid. And like, it's very, it's a very meaningful job. Yeah, that is. And when he told me he did that, I'm like, that is something I would love to do. <laughs> I see you more of the guy with the iPads at Disney asking, "How was your time here? Where are you from?" I don't like this. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I don't. I, I don't that's boring to me. <laughs> Extremely. No, because it, because it's specific. When I'm when I'm at the airport right. and someone's asking me, like, you know, where can I buy a phone charger? Where can I buy 
you know, a sandwich, I'm like, it's a specific thing that I can help somebody with. Mm-hmm. Not like some sort of like, how'd you enjoy your day? Oh, it's nice. Okay. One out of 10. Eight. Okay. Eight. I'm like, it doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't do me anything. It doesn't. I hate those questions. Yeah, they're the worst. They're so annoying. All you can do if you want to really see people's how they felt about something is to um, is to just watch them when they leave. Are, are there smiles on their face? Are they happy? Mm-hmm. You can ask them too, but I, I don't know. I, I can't stand that. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Okay, so that is uh, syncing with others, and that now we're going to get to the, the third one of the day and the eleventh on our list of ways in which you can cure low self esteem is exercise we talk about this a lot i discuss this all the time and i don't mean now you might hate me for this i don't mean yoga i don't mean taking a walk i mean hard physical exercise and i specifically would say running i know many people i hate running do you know why you hate running because it's hard it is hard it's hard to run but if you want to have the best benefits in life running is like producing free drugs and it's not cocaine and not marijuana. It's serotonin, dopamine, and melatonin. It's in our brain. And they're there. And God, in his infinite wisdom, gave us these, these, these things in our head in order to make us happy. They're called happy drugs. And we can access them, but we have to exercise. In today's world, it's unlikely when you need dinner that you're going to have to go out and build a fire and go to the river and get the water and go out and kill your, and go kill your animal and, and, then, and then put it on a stick and roast it for three hours. <laughs> you know, you call 1-800-DOOR-DASH and they come to your door with a pizza or a steak sandwich or whatever you want or sushi, right? So nowadays, you're not doing anything for food. I mean, you don't do no exercises happening. Everything's available. You probably get into your car to go to the store. This is why he, people here in Jerusalem, I'm, I'm just making a generalization, are not as fat. Because most people don't have cars, and they walk. I walk everywhere. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have any car. Yeah, that's really really liberating. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I do not want. I I want a car because I do would like to have access to maybe go to the beach sometimes on my own terms, and without having to hire a driver, or whatever, take a public transportation. But like in general, I'd like to have a car, like not have a car, twenty eight days a month, and maybe one or two days a month, I like to have a car. Yeah, that's true. And right now, it's still the not car is winning out because I like walking everywhere. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's this freedom for having to take care of this piece of metal and where you're going to put it and where you're going to park it and take care of it. It's whatever. So I know some of you listening are yogis. You love yoga. And yoga, <laughs> I have to defend those people because yoga, I don't know. When I do yoga, it is so hard. It is, is it? it is very, very challenging. Does it yoga. produce? Now, it does. I, I, okay. It does. I take it back. <laughs> I love you. I, I take it back. Go do yoga. But it has to be hard. It can't be. It just, is hard. I did yoga, not yoga, but I didn't do hard yoga. Man, it kills you. It's like, I don't know. Some people are really good at it, but then you just do harder exercises. It it does. It works your brain in so many unique ways. It pushes you. It stretches you. It challenges you to have your muscles. Because the way it works is that your muscles are contracting in different places. When you do reps, you know, it's it's a contraction, relaxation. But when you're holding that pose, which is what happens in yoga, you're just different parts of the muscle are contracting. It's very challenging. I, th- I would say it counts. I, it can really open up your mind and also gets you into like a flow state. The breathing, the meditating, it's extremely good for you as well. Keep doing it. Don't listen to me. <laughs> but exercise. The key is pushing your limits. Exercise. That's all Don't I'm do say. what's easy. Push yourself. Okay, let's go to the last one. The last one, let's first repeat the first three we've done today. Mm-hmm. This is uh, 9, 10, 11, 12 of the 12 steps to cure low self-esteem. Number nine, make your goals in life in general. Make your goals and life in general fun. Enjoy it. Number 10, sync with others. Join a chorus, join a flash mob, a dance group, a theater, anything that gets you united with other people into one goal. And number 11, exercise. And the last one is pray. 
Brandon, why do you think praying's on here? It's interesting. Obviously, it's hard to do because it's hard to see. You're not, um, well, it depends on what your belief is. Let's say you're praying to the universe. You're, I don't know what people say, manifesting. Yeah. Manifesting your inner desire. Or meditation. Meditating it. All of these things are extremely hard. Why? Because you're connecting to something bigger than yourself that's not physically visible. And it doesn't physically make sense. Whether you believe in the universe, whether you believe in, in Hashem or God. Do you believe in you air? Call it, you believe in air. Do you believe in air? Yeah, air is real. Do you see it? I'm not praying to it. Do you believe in radiation? It exists, yeah. Right. Did you see it? No. Do you believe in ore clouds? No. You don't see them, but they exist. Yeah, a lot of things we, we believe exist that aren't there. Right. Right. So that's not really. There's a higher level to think that that can change anything. That's what makes prayer so that's hard and that's what makes it so valuable. Yeah. So there's four steps to prayer. And um, this really is a, a transforma- transformational because, you know, as uh, practicing Jews, I guess, we believe that there's a creator who created us and that we're here for a purpose. And mm-hmm. our purpose is to really, like I always say, our job is to change the world, not let the world change us, mm-hmm. is to change the world and to bring light into the world uh, through, uh, through Torah values, through Jewish values, which are values for the world, everyone to... You know, love your neighbor like yourself. Don't worship idols. You know, uh, honor your parents. Don't kill. Don't do adultery. Don't covet. You know, don't bear false witness. Don't lie. Uh, all these things are Jewish values for the world, really. What they are, the Ten, right. Ten Commandments, is for the world. And when when Jews do the right thing, the whole world will elevate. They have to do it. Not, of course, they're not all doing the right thing, which is an issue. And this is, uh, you know, trying to get everyone, not just Jews, but the whole world, to do what's really right for them, what's good for them, and to really reach your potential in life. Because mm-hmm. when you do these, it does help you reach your potential. So the four steps to prayer, I'm going to use an acronym. Okay. I like acronyms. The acronym is REPEAT. So REPEAT has, is not four letters, it's six letters. But you have to take out two of the letters. And those two letters are envy and ego. Because when you're praying to a creator, something above yourself, beyond yourself, you have to say to yourself, when you have an ego... You're basically saying, I'm in control of the world. I have a, if you have a large ego, we all have to have some sort of ego. But when yeah, you have naturally. a large ego, you're saying, I run everything. I control the world. It's all about me. But when you have humility, humility means not thinking less of yourself, but means, mm-hmm. means thinking less about yourself. means I've, I have great, I've done great things, but all those gifts that I'm using, my skills, my brains, are gifts from the creator, are gifts from God. Mm-hmm. And I'm just using them to cash my check. Right. You know, like everyone was given a different check at birth. Like, you know, yours might be 10000 yours might be 20000 the listeners might be 30000 You never consider going to a bank with a $10,000 check and say, just give me $7,000, keep the change. That's crazy. That would be you, you want to cash your check, right? So when you have uh, a normal ego, not a large one, and you have humility, you're saying, you're saying that I have great things. God gave me great things. I'm using to reach my potential. So mm-hmm. you have to take out that large ego. The envy is like, you know what? When you have envy or jealousy, you're saying, you know what, God, you made a mistake because I should have that Ferrari. I should have that Hermes purse. I should have that killer body. You're saying God made a mistake. These, those two things specifically are the source of all. Um, anger. <laughs> when you have anger, you're basically yeah. saying, God, you made a mistake. These are the source of self-esteem. Prob- all self-esteem problems stem from these two things. So what you're left with is the key. The key is prayer. So how do we pray? We're left. We take out the envy and the ego. Right. That's two E's. Well, we're... we're we are left with four letters. R-P-A-T. What does R-P-A-T stand for? Recognize. So when you're praying, who are you praying to? 
And they say there's there's no atheist in the foxhole, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Who are you praying to? When you pray, you know, as observant Jews, we pray three times a day. We're praying to God. We know who we're praying to. It's not like, you know, I got to say there's two, level, there's two levels of gratitude. Right. Level one, you come to my house for Shabbos meal. You say, thank you, coach. It was delicious. You thank my wife. Your challah is amazing. You thank her. You thank me. Maybe you'll thank us for listening to our podcast by giving us a few stars. You know, so you have to recognize who you're praying to. Be real with it. Number two, you have to praise. So what does praise mean? Praise means it's not, it's funny because this is a very tough one for me. I confuse praise and, and thanks, but it's different. Yeah. Praise is you have everything. You know, we praise, you know, you praise your parents. Abba, can I have a quarter? What's a quarter for? Oh, we're, we're you know, we're giving sadaka at school, giving charity at school. Of course, I'm going to give you a quarter. I'm your father. I can give you anything. It's nothing to me. Mm-hmm. A quarter, right? God has everything. God is unlimited. He's all the resources in the world. I'm going to give you a little analogy that's kind of new I've been giving recently. When I was in the coin business, which uh, I still may be in the coin business, I used to uh, travel to trade shows around the country. Mm-hmm. And when dealers would show up at the hotels or the convention centers, I'd yell, first shot, first shot. What did that mean? First shot meant that I want the first chance to look at their inventory. And usually the f- person who looks first would get the best deals, have the best first shot. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, there'd be second shot, third shot, fourth shot, fifth shot. And when I was new in the business, of course, I'm getting like 10th shot, 15th shot, 20th shot. But nobody knew me, whatever. And eventually I had to work my way up. And so I'd have to buy more and more coins and kind of get to know the people and make relationships with them. And eventually, occasionally I got first shot on people. And, and that first shot, but only one person can get first shot. Only one person has one chance to get first shot on someone's inventory. After that, it's second and third and fourth shot. God in his infinite wisdom and the fact that he's all powerful, all knowing and all good can give unlimited first shots. Everyone can get first shot from him. There's no amount of anything he doesn't have that he cannot give to you. So when you praise him, you're saying, God, you have everything. There's nothing you can't give me. Doesn't mean he won't give it to you, but there's nothing he can't give you. Mm-hmm. And recognize, praising him, telling him how awesome he is, how great he is, is the second step to prayer. Mm-hmm. Just like you're going to go meet the king and you're in an you're in a, you know, English countryside. You go with him, meet the king, king, and you want something from him. You're king. You're great. You've done a great job so far. Thank you so much for being the king. You're the greatest king he ever. You know, whatever it is, you yeah. tell him he's great. And then that's recognize, then praise, and then you ask. Because as as Jews, we not if you're not Jewish, you can ask God for whatever you want. Also, there's nothing wrong. With anyone it. should be part of anybody's. It's anyone. And by the way, I, I I am very big, and this is something we're not going to talk about all today. That there's a place called the Western Wall or the Kotel. That's here in Jerusalem that is uh, probably one of the most visited uh, tourist places in the world mm-hmm. and is where the first temple and the second temple stood, God willing, the third temple. And basically also the Muslims have a, uh, a mosque up there. I believe it's a, it's a place for the whole world to come. I believe there's, as I think my Rebbe actually went and met with the people that run the hotel, that there should be a prayer book in every single language. Wow, I like that. You know, I don't know how many languages there are now, but at least, you know, 20 or 30 languages. Uh, there's, and they all have, yeah. and they can all go, and they can all pray, and they have a book, and they go, because not everyone knows what to say when you go pray at the wall, like, and you have a prayer book, and, and every, and it should be for the entire world. And that would be great. And that's what it's for, the entire yeah. world. I'm not going to get into the politics right now, or Jews can't go into the whatever. I, that's a, 
it's not for this now. Mm-hmm. It's not about politics. But asking God for things, everyone has an ability to ask. As Jews, we pray six days of the week for some. We ask six days of the week. We ask for our money. We ask for money. We ask for our family. We ask for you know to get married, have for children, health, everything, health, everything. We ask for the Jews to come back communal to Jerusalem, success. communal success, everything. We ask for wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and we ask. And by the way, we're not going to do this today, but like when you ask, you should expect that you're going to get a yes. Because if you're not being real, if you ask for something and don't expect an answer, that you're going to get a yes. Mm-hmm. And by the way, if you ask for something from God and don't get it, you should be ticked off. Like, what do you mean I didn't get it? That, that's being real, right? Now, mm-hmm. obviously, look into your motivation because God's not going to give you something that's not good for you. So you have to ask. And that's the third step of prayers. Recognize, praise, ask, and the last, thanks. Easy. Thank you. Like anything. Anytime you ask for something for something, thank you so much. I hope I get it. And if I don't get it, you have to know it's not, it's not good for us at the time. What was that acronym again? Repeat. You take out the <laughs> envy and the ego. You can't pray to the Almighty. You can't pray to a God when you have envy and ego. Mm-hmm. And you're left with recognize, praise, ask, and thanks. And that is the 12 steps to cure your low self-esteem. We hope you found this valuable, this series. Um, if you are and have comments, please make sure you comment. Let us know. Send us emails. I don't know if our email still works. Yes, yes. It's the, the, Living the, Clarity, Living. the Living Clarity Podcast at gmail.com. It's not the Fish and Goat Show? No, we changed it. Great. The Living in Clarity podcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. We'd love to be communicating with you. Also, if this was valuable, make sure you leave a review and tell your friends. Share this video. Give them some self-esteem as well. Yeah. If you got something out of this video, if you got something out of the series at all, we, I think this is how many did we do? Five this or is six? Five, this is our fifth episode. Fifth of episode of self-esteem. You should share with your friends, share with your family. There's no reason that the whole world should not have this knowledge. There's no reason that you should not be living as a happier person than you were when you first started listening because you are awesome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Living in Clarity podcast. I'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Living in Clarity podcast. If you enjoy what you just heard, make sure you like, subscribe, and comment with any suggestions for future episodes. We'll see you next time.